It's opening day part three, I guess you could say, for the 2014 Major League Baseball season. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our prediction show on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show for this Monday night, the last Monday in the month of March, and we've got the entire season to go here. And, of course, we are getting ready to give our predictions. Greg Mitchell's going to step in with Mark Donahue and I in the second half hour. We're going to go over our divisional picks, our playoff picks, and our World Series predictions, along with a couple other extra questions that I've got for both of them. And we've also got a guest here this evening on our Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. We're going to speak with Rodney Newpole, co-owner of stlouisports.com. We're going to be talking to him about the Cardinals, and we'll see what his predictions are for this year's World Series for the 2014 season. Well, stepping up to the microphone here tonight, only about 60%, as he said, off air before we went on to the show. Mark's a little bit under the weather. If he wasn't under the weather before the Reds game this afternoon, he had to be afterwards. Our resident Reds expert, Mark Donahue. Mark, good evening. I'm not going to ask you how you are tonight. Well, I'll tell you any. I'll tell you anyway. I feel pretty good, um, and uh, as we get into our predictions, I'll elaborate on my feelings about the Reds, but uh, as I told you off the air, I have this habit every year of writing a page, uh, at least three or four paragraphs, of what I anticipate to happen in a given baseball season. I've done this since, I think, 1962, <laughs> and I write it as if it is a recap of the year that is yet to be played out. So today I wrote a recap of 2014, and I will share some of the highlights of that, or lowlights, depending on your point of view. But it gives me an idea to, to look at a, a Reds team objectively rather than with my fan hat on and see how close I can become to picking not only a win-loss record, but where they finish. and But more importantly... The makeup of that team. What what what's it look like on paper going into the season, and then how close did I hit that that prediction at the end of the year? So it's something I've done as a habit uh, with my old baseball collection. But uh, I'll share part of that with you later on. Well, that sounds good. Of course, you can also join us on tonight's show via the social media. You can email us at dmitch at ultimatesportstalk.com. Ask us at ultimatesportstalk.com, or you can send us a tweet to at OHBB co-host. That's OHBB co-host. Well, as Mark alluded to just a few minutes ago, wasn't a good afternoon for the Cincinnati Reds nor the sellout crowd that they had at Great American Ballpark this afternoon. The Cardinals defeated the Reds this afternoon by a final score of one to nothing. Mark, you really can't fault the pitching for the Reds. As you said, it's never been the question, but Johnny Cueto, after taking that liner off his left wrist, seemed to settle down and really pitched a good ball game for Cincinnati today. Yeah, he was lights out today, and uh, he was hitting his spots. Uh, he was 93, 94 miles an hour with his fastball, but when he can get that slider over and that changeup over, he is, he is really tough to hit. And uh, that was a great pitching matchup today with he and Wainwright, uh, two two outstanding pitchers, and the Cardinals get the big hit and the Reds don't. It's, it's as simple as that. 
and that separates a championship club from a team that's not going to win. And uh, the Reds, uh, this was a, a redo of last year so, so many times when they'd have runners in scoring position late in the game and could not even get a ground ball uh, to get the run in. So it, it's disappointing. Uh, there's a lot of games left, but I, I fear that what happened today is going to be repeated. It may not be one to nothing every night, but it's going to be four to three, three to two, five to four, and the Reds just not able to put enough offense together to support what could be a great pitching staff. Well, not only that, but for the Cardinals, it appeared that their defensive woes, especially in that eighth inning, carried over from the World Series of last year, Mark. They seemed to give the Reds every opportunity to tie that ball game up, and the Reds just kept giving it back. Yeah, the Reds had six outs in the eighth inning and couldn't score. Uh, they had two base runners. They had a runner at third with nobody out couldn't score. I mean, it's uh, it's laughable if it wasn't uh, kind of pathetic, but uh, that team as constructed is, is not – it is not going to win. Offensively, it cannot produce enough runs for that team to win. And uh, the big question is, when does that realization that is shared by thousands, if not tens of thousands of people who know anything about the Reds, when is that realization going to be shared by the front office? <laughs> how, how can you look at this team over the last three or four years and, and you have Ryan Ludwig, who's coming off major reconstruction surgery of his shoulder, hitting fifth in that lineup behind Joey Votto and Jay Bruce. Are, who, who makes those kinds of decisions? It's, it's just breathtaking that they put a guy like that in there uh, and expect him to be a cog in that lineup, backed up by Frazier, Mezzarocco, and Cozart. I mean, there, there's not a bat among them. So it just it's very frustrating that people who are not in the front office can see this and the front office can't. And I, I'd like to ask our guest tonight, Rodney, uh, if he sees the same difference between the Cardinals and the Reds as I do. And that being is the Cardinals try to win every year. They try to win every year. They don't try to compete every year. They try to win. And the Reds don't. End of story, period. They, they just don't try to win every year. And I wonder if he would, would share that opinion. Maybe not, but we'll find out. Well, and then, of course, as you and I have talked about with both the Reds and the Indians, they both need a power hitter. And Nelson Cruz sits in Baltimore on an $8 million one-year contract and hits a opening day home run for the Orioles. Sure would have looked nice to have him in a Reds uniform today, Mark, or even an Indians uniform tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of power threat that changes the dynamic of a lineup. You could hit him fourth, you could hit him fifth, you could hit him sixth, and he's going to make everybody a better hitter because he's a scary guy. Ryan Ludwig is not a scary guy. I mean, if he hits 260 this year, the Reds should be thrilled and hits 12 or 15 home runs, and that's Ryan Ludwig. And he should not be in that lineup. The Reds are too good to have a, a Ryan Ludwig, but they but they do. Well, again, we go back to that eighth inning. Phillips, Votto, and Bruce, the heart of the Reds lineup. Phillips led off with a walk. Votto then got on via an error by the Cardinals' second baseman, which Phillips ended up taking third. 
Bruce then hit a grounder to first base, which then Phillips got caught in a rundown between third and home and was tagged out. Then Ludwig hit a double play ball, and an error uh, caused the, uh, the, the inning to continue, and then Todd Frazier struck out to end the inning. So the Reds needed a big hit and didn't get it, and as you've said, Mark, unfortunately, that may be just a preview of the rest of the Reds' season. Yeah, and what people overlook on that inning, Dave, is there was no reason that that Phillips had to leave third base. That was not going to be a double play. It was a high chopper. They were never going to turn two on that, so he should have stayed at third base. There could have been a force at second, or they simply would have got the guy out at first base. Then you have second and third with with one out. And as it ended up, Ludwig's ground ball would have scored the tying run. So it was a base-running error on Brandon Phillips because there was no way they were going to turn double play. And I know you had that go-on-contact go stuff, but with nobody behind you, and there was nobody on second base, there was somebody on first, you had plenty of time to get back to the bag. All it takes is a little recognition and not run into an out, and now you have a runner at second rather than a runner at third. Mark, a couple of things that I thought Brian Price did differently than Dusty Baker that kind of put his signature on this Reds team. First of all, he had Frazier actually stealing a base today. That was something different. Dusty probably would have never allowed that to happen. And then Joey Votto and Jay Bruce batting back-to-back. That was something that Dusty uh, would never have done. And I thought Brian Price, with those two moves, kind of put his signature on this Reds team, although it didn't help, it didn't hurt the cause either. No, it didn't. It didn't hurt the cause, and I think it, strategically it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, the, you want your four and five hitters facing a right-hander six or eight times a game rather than worrying about a left-hander coming in in the ninth inning. That's that's ridiculous. It, re, it just doesn't make any sense at all. But what we have not talked about yet is Mr. Billy Hamilton, and what happened to him today uh, is as bad a major league opening day as I can imagine for Billy Hamilton. The only thing that didn't go wrong, he didn't make an error in center field, but he struck out four times, and I went back and, and looked at those at-bats. David, he he wasn't close to making contact. He, no, he, he wasn't. Missed, he missed some of those curveballs by six or eight inches, which for a big league hitter is hard to do. I mean, you, you could put up just about any minor league hitter or even college hitter, and they would have had a better chance against, against that curveball than Billy Hamblin. He was just completely overmatched. And I'm telling you, I know one game is only one game, but this is going to this is going to weigh on his psyche. And the Reds if he this guy doesn't work out, that means you're going to put Chris Heisey in center field. And he he's an, an unproven entity and it changes the entire plans for this season for 2014 if Hamilton doesn't work out. Yo, Mark, I got to bring up the fact about Chris Heisey. I think the Reds and Brian Price have put Ryan Ludwig in basically a no-win situation. And let me explain why. Chris Heisey hit the heck out of the baseball in spring training with six home runs and hitting over 300. If you start Heisey in left field this year instead of Ludwig, 
then you give Heise the opportunity to continue with his hot bat coming out of spring training. If he continues, great. You've got the bat that you've been looking for. If he doesn't, then you can fall back on Ludwig. But now what has happened is, even if Ludwig hits the ball, Heise, according to the fans and probably some of the media, is always going to be better than Ludwig based upon what he did in spring training. And I think they've put Ludwig in really a no-win situation. I, I agree with I agree 100% with that. And it's, again, part of the belief, I, I don't know where it comes from, that a 36-year-old left fielder who's never been a star, he's been a, a marginal player for many, many years. He's had a couple good years, granted. But he came up late. Don't forget, this guy was in the minor leagues for a long time, and, and for a reason. He doesn't have a lot of speed. He's not a great defensive player. He's got some power, but not a lot. And he was he had so a shoulder surgery last year, and they he's going to lead the band in left field. It just makes no sense. And I, I think you're right. They should have gone with Heisey to start the season. Have Ludwig come in. Coming, you know, the more time he gets, more bats. That shoulder gets stronger. Give him a chance to get back into it uh, slowly. But uh, they they chose to go another way. Okay, so the Reds lose this afternoon, one nothing. Our guest, Rodney Newpole, who is the co-owner of StLouisSports.com, will be our guest here in just a few minutes, talking about the Cardinals for this year. But in case you missed it, the Indians will open up in just about forty-five minutes out in California at the Alameda Coliseum in Oakland. And Justin Masterson is going to be the pitcher for the Indians, and Masterson says he's ready for the season to begin. One day, everyone's just pumped up, no matter what team you are. Everyone's excited because every team thinks they have a chance. And, you know, it's just a little bit of an honor to go out there, to be able to start, set the tone. And it doesn't make me any better than any of the other starters, but, you know, it's just nice to be able to go out there. Jason Giambi and Michael Bourne, have been placed on the 15-day disabled list for the Indians. Now, Bourne will be eligible to come off after the fourth game. In other words, that will be Saturday if everything goes according to Hoyle right now. Niger Morgan is going to start in center field. Now, here's the way the lineup looks for tonight. It will be Niger Morgan in center field. He will start there. Nick Swisher will be at first base. Jason Kipnis at second. Carlos Santana won the job at third base and will be at the hot corner batting cleanup tonight for the Tribe. Michael Brantley is in left. Ryan Rayburn is the DH. As Drupal Cabrera is the shortstop. David Murphy, the lone free agent acquisition for the Indians, will be in right field and batting eighth. And Jan Gomes, who just signed a new six-year extension for $23 million, will be the Indians catcher and batting ninth tonight. Also... Jason Kipnis is close to signing a contract extension with the Indians. So that's a look at what's going on with the Tribe. Don't forget, Mark and I, along with Greg Mitchell, will be giving you our predictions coming up here in just a little bit in the second half hour of our show. But now what we'd like to do is talk a little bit about the National League Central, more and more about that, the game this afternoon, and what to expect from the St. Louis Cardinals as we bring to our Ohio Baseball Weekly Microphones, the co-owner of stlouisports.com, Rodney Newpole. Rodney, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you? Oh, great. How are you guys? Great. We're doing great. Hey, how are you? Good. 
except for Mark. Mark's still lamenting the fact that the Reds got beat this afternoon, one nothing. But we'll uh, we'll get into that. And that eighth inning, Rodney. Let me just ask you this: It had to be a, a dangerous thought about going back to the World Series defensively for Cardinal fans, I would think, in that eighth inning this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it, Cardinals tried to do everything they could to give it to Cincinnati, and then you know, I think the base running mistake really keep you know keep the Cardinals there to, to get the big out at home, and then. You know, they, they made another mistake, and, and the bullpen really came through for the Cardinals. And, and, and I think that's going to have to be a key, you know, the Cardinal bullpen. And, and, and like every bullpen throughout Major League Baseball, it's really going to have to come through. And fortunately, that's what the Cardinal bullpen was able to do today. And, uh, you know, it's day-to-day when you come with bullpen, that's for sure. Mark had a question for you. Mark, go ahead. You wanted to ask him about uh, the Cardinals and their approach to every season. Yeah, Rodney, I'm a big fan of the Reds, but I, I have great respect for the Cardinal organization going back all the way to, you know, Stan Musial and, and, and that era. But from a Reds perspective, and I, I don't think anymore this has anything to do with payroll necessarily, but it seems to me that every year the Cardinal organization sets out to win a World Series. That's their goal. And the Reds organization, and this has happened, I can go back as far as you want, uh, they seem to want to compete, and they don't go after that, that last piece. Like the Cardinals went out and got Peralta this year. I, I think he's going to have a, a great impact on that, on that team's offense. It didn't show today, but I think it will over the long haul. The Reds still have Ryan Ludwig as an example in left field. Uh, what's your take on the Cardinals, and, and what do you think, 100 miles up, makes them so successful? Well, I, I, they're certainly not afraid of getting rid of, you know, the, the aging veteran. I mean, they, they've shown that. I mean, you know, went back years and years, but obviously the most recent with, you know, Albert Pujols, they, they, you know, they felt he was, he was not a good fit for the ball club. You know, I know they, they, they tried to give an effort at signing him, but when it came down to, you know, as much money as he wanted, it just was not the best fit for the ball club. And then recently, you know, Carlos Beltran, where, I think the Cardinal organization loves Carlos Beltran, but they, you know, they, they've had to make the tough decision that I think a lot of Major League Baseball teams are not doing very, uh, a very good job of. They're, they're sticking with the aging, aging veterans and they're sticking to them at a fault. And I think the Cardinals, while they've developed a great, great farm system, are not afraid to use those guys, you know, groom them in Memphis and then bring them up. And, uh, they seem to just continue to bring guys up that are ready to play. And, I, it starts in Memphis, but then it, it, it continues with great decisions made in the front office. You know, Rod, Rodney Newpole is our guest tonight from com. Rodney, this is a team, a Cardinal team, that is coming off a divisional championship. But yet they're also coming into this season with four new starters. And I think that really bodes well to what it is that you're saying that they saw what their disadvantage was in the World Series last year and went out to improve it and, and did it at the expense of some guys that, that may have been stars in the past, like Carlos Beltran. Yeah, it, you know, and another guy like David Freeze. I mean, he's a, he's a, this is a local guy. I mean, the guy played high school baseball in St. Louis. The fans, for the most part, loved him. You know, and, and I think the Cardinals saw, you know, we like this guy, but he's just not the right piece for our team right now. And they went out, they, they got rid of him, and they went and got Burgos, who I think is going to help significantly in center field. You know, he, he, Burgos may not hit, you know, as, as well as, you know, people would like him to. 
you know, and I know he made an error today, but I think he's going to do a great job in Starfield, and he fits the Cardinal mold. I mean, he's he's a, he's a good team guy. He's willing to you know willing to do what what it takes to get there, and uh, I think that's one of the moves that you can look back on and say, wow, you know, that that's pretty bold to get rid of a hometown local guy that really, I mean, he's the 2011 World Series hero, and, you know, and. That's just the kind of decisions the Cardinals have made, and, and from, from this point, they, they've done a good job and made the right decisions. What was the reasoning in their decision to let Freeze go and stick with Matt Carpenter, Rodney? Well, I mean, I think they, I think we, we saw what Matt Carpenter could do last year. I mean, he, he hit at the top of the order. He hit really well. He, you know, he, he had a great glove, um, had a great knack to you know run the bases. He, he, he's just an overall really good player. And, and stay healthy. And then, you know, David Freeze, on the other hand, has shown, uh, he, he's capable of getting injuries at times. And, you know, he, he slumped quite a, quite a bit for the Cardinals. He really struggled in the postseason. And I think they just thought, you know, I think we'd like to go with a more consistent guy at third base, put Matt Carpenter over there, you know, and I, I think they're ready to see what Colton Wong can do. And I think Colton Wong is going to, eventually be a really good player for the Cardinals. I, I think you're going to see Colton Wong struggle at times this year, uh, and, and hopefully Mark Ellis can come back and, you know, kind of be that you know, stopgap, you know, if he does struggle. But I, I think eventually Colton Wong's going to be a good player, and that was part of the decision that Colton Wong could play second, Matt Carpenter can go to third, and, and we're not going to skip a beat. Are they going to hang with Wong in case he does struggle, or do you – do you see that as maybe being a, an experiment that they may give up on uh, toward the middle of the year? Well, he's, I mean, he's a really young guy, and, and he hasn't had he hasn't even had a half season in Major League Baseball. So I, I don't think you'll see them completely give up on him this year. I, I could see Mark Ellis playing some second base. I could see Daniel Descalso playing some second base. I mean, they have some guys that have played enough that I think would do okay over there. Where if Wong struggled, they could sit him a little bit, and and I think I don't think by sending him to Memphis at any point this year they're necessarily giving up on him. I, I think this is a process that they're trying to uh, work with Cold Wong. They, they've seen the potential he has, and uh, so I, I must answer your question. I don't I don't think they'll be giving up on Colton Wong this year, um, but I really look for him to prosper at some point this year and and, and really be a good second baseman for the Cardinals. Rodney Newpole is our, our guest here this evening. Rodney, tell me what your thoughts are on the National League Central. Is Pittsburgh the team that the Cardinals have to reckon with, or do you think that the Reds are going to be able to hang in there like they did last year? Well, I think Cincinnati will, will stick in there. They, I, as you guys know, they really need to weather this storm early. I mean, they, they, they just can't get off to a really, really bad start. I mean, they're obviously not healthy. Uh, and like you mentioned, they do have some aging guys, you know, in Ludwig and some other guys. But I, I do like the Reds' potential. I, I think they're going to compete. Uh, I, Milwaukee's going to compete as well, I think, with Ryan Braun coming back. I think Gallardo's going to have a good year. Uh, and then I'm not so sure Pittsburgh's going to win as many games as they did last year. You know, they had two guys that left, the key key guys, A.J. Burnett being one. I know he's, he's aging as well. Uh, but they had some veteran backs they lost. <laughs> I'm just not so sure Pittsburgh's going to win as many as last year. The Cardinals are the favorite. I mean, it's, there's nobody denying that. I think Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee could all compete for second place. And I think one of the three uh, can get a wild card. I don't see the Central taking all both wild cards this year. 
You know, Rodney, I, John Kruk has never been mistaken for Einstein. <laughs> but I thought Kruk ha- had a great question this afternoon. I'm going to pose it to you. Who is scouting for the Cardinals to come up with all of these pitchers that they continually come up with year after year after year? What is the secret? Yeah, I, you know, and I, I don't know all the list of names, but they got some guys that are really doing the job. I mean, and that, to me, those guys are underpaid. I mean, they, I, I don't even know what they make, but they're underpaid. I mean, they, they're doing a fantastic job. If you look at the, <laughs> I mean, you saw some of the arms today if you tuned in the Cardinals, and they have some, just some fantastic arms. And, and so they, they're doing, that is exactly right. They're doing the scouting that some of these other organizations obviously aren't doing as well. And, you know, that's a huge key. But I, I think they're underpaid. I mean, I guess that would be my answer. Whoever they are, the list of names is scouting for the Cardinals. Uh, and these are guys that are going to get better job, bigger, better jobs if they want it in Major League Baseball. Now, whether they want to do that or not, that's, that's their, that's their decision. But I, I think the Cardinal scouts have done a truly terrific job the last several years. Rodney, I'm, every time I hear a story about a scout, I'm reminded of Marge Schott and her comment about scouts that, uh, she wanted to fire all the scouts because all they do is sit around and watch ball games. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it is. And, and that would be a great job to have, wouldn't it? I mean, just go and watch a baseball game, write a few notes down, and, and then report to your boss. I, I think whatever I got paid, I think that would be okay with me. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, go ahead. You, you better be right more than you're wrong, and it's very clear the Cardinal Scouting Organization, which which really starts at the top. Whoever built that organization, the scouts, and it is a network of talent that they put out there, uh, that comes from the top. And, again, that goes back to the organizational structure the Cardinals have had for so long. And uh, it's probably the most respected franchise in baseball at this point. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and I'm glad you said that because here, I live here in central Illinois. I'm not quite in St. Louis, but I'm I'm kind of in the middle of of, Saint, of Cardinal and Cub territory, and I – I always hear, you know, well, yeah, all we hear about the Cardinals, but I really truly feel, and I'm a big Cardinal fan, but I really truly feel the Cardinals do do things the right way. You know, I know people are tired of hearing the Cardinal way and, you know, all the things the Cardinals do, but I feel from top to bottom they do things the right way. Sure, they're going to have, you know, some things that don't always go the way they're supposed to do, and some players are going to do things they're not supposed to do, but I feel the Cardinals as an organization really do things extremely well from top to bottom. And you're right, that starts you know, at the top with the DeWitts and then you know, Mosaic all the way on down. And Nick you know, Matheny does a great job with this group. You know, I, I, people question whether, you know, he makes the right bullpen moves and lineup moves, but I think he's a very calming influence that really just does what he needs to do to lead this group. And uh, I, I think Mike Matheny deserves more credit for the job he does. Rodney, Walt Jockety last year, took some heat, and eventually it landed upon Dusty Baker and he lost his job. If the Reds continue to flounder at the plate like they have, a lot more heat is going to come upon Walt Jockety. Now, being there and being a Cardinal fan, remind the fans of what Jockety's reputation with the Cardinals was when he was GM there. Well, I mean... I, I think he, you know, he's done, he's doing what Mosaic is, is not doing, and I think he's stuck with some old aging veterans, which is what he's doing in Cincinnati. And, you know, to be honest, I, I think he's overpaid some guys, and I, I think a lot of people think he overpaid Homer Bailey here recently. Um, and 
you know, you know, Jockety was well liked in St. Louis, but uh, I think we're seeing here in St. In, in St. Louis that you know there there are some GMs that really can do a better job than Walt Jockety, and, and to be honest, I'm not so sure he shouldn't be getting some heat because you know they had their chances, they didn't quite make it, and you know now they they look like they could be just kind of the middle of the pack, and I'm not so sure that's what Cincinnati fans want to hear. So uh, I, I don't blame them for for putting the heat on. Them. Rodney, I'm glad Rodney you said Newpool that about the contracts guess. because uh, number one, I, I thought the the Homer Bailey contract was was absurd. Uh, you know, based on what he's done, it, it, it's all going to be in the future because you can't you can't make any claim that a guy who was one below 500 last year and is only what three over 500 in his career should be getting 20 million a year. But I I was thinking today. What happens to this organization, the Cincinnati Reds, if Joey Votto hits 270 the rest of his career, or he hits an average of 22 home runs the rest of his career? This organization could implode by the virtue of that contract because they're not going to be able to afford anybody else to come in and pick up the slot slat for what Joey Votto is supposed to produce. I mean, you're putting so many of your eggs in one basket with Votto. Yeah, and he's a huge key. And I, I unfortunately, I, I like Joey Votto. I think he's a terrific player, but I, I'm not. He's had to carry that load offensively for Cincinnati. He has been there, and, and I, I think it's coming to a point where I, he's, I, I, he's starting to get frustrated. I feel. And I know it's just early in the year, but I, I sense frustration out of him that you know, hey guys, I need some help because I. Well, Billy Hamilton's a great player, but I'm not so sure he's going to be able to hit enough to, to get on base in the major leagues. Uh, you know, Brandon Phillips, obviously aging. You know, uh, public enemy number one in St. Louis. I don't mind him. I, I think he's a, a good player, but he's he's on the other end of, of his age as well. And uh, you're right, Joey Votto is a big key, and and there's a lot of pressure to be put on him. If, if he doesn't hit for the Reds, they're in trouble. Cause, uh, you know, to say Johnny Cueto is going to have a, an, an all-star like here, he might, but I'm not so sure he's not going to pitch all year. I mean, he, he's been injured a lot, and, and I, I think a lot of people are looking at, you know, when's Cueto going to get hurt? Cueto goes down, Bado doesn't hit, Reds are in big trouble. Agreed. Rodney, tell us about stlouisports.com. Well, we're, we're just kind of a little uh, a little fight we put together. Just, you know, some amateurs writing about the Cardinals, writing a little bit about the St. Louis Blues in, in the National Hockey League, and then writing about the St. Louis Rams. Uh, we love all three teams. We love the sports. Uh, we really, we like all sports. I mean, we, we really try to follow all teams, but since we're local, we write a little bit about it. Um, we've been able to cover a few events and, um, just, just sort of a site we like put together. We don't, you know, we don't make money off it. We, you know, we just try to do what we can and we really enjoy it. We get on radio shows here and there. Cubs have had us on a few times. We, we kind of do our own little radio show on Thursdays and, uh, it's just kind of a fun little thing we put together. In the last couple of years, it's built steam, and you know we've been able to do kind of some cool shows like you got going on here. So, uh, St. com, and then you can follow us on Twitter at St. Louis Sport. Just drop the S on the end, and um, we'd love to talk sports. Well, that's what Mark and I like to do. We like to talk Reds and Indians, and we talk Cardinals with you here tonight. Rodney, thanks for joining us tonight on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rodney. Really, yep, thank, thank you. you. Rodney Newpole, co-owner of stlouisports.com, and you can follow him on Twitter, at St. Louis Sport. Well, it's come time for us 
Mark to kick back and let everybody know what we think is going to happen in the 2014 Major League Baseball season. But first, I've got to give everybody an update. I will not be able to watch the Indians on Dish Network tonight. It has not been rectified, and that's all I'm going to say about it here this evening. But if it goes any further, you may hear a little bit more coming out of me next Monday night. I share your pain, David. Well, if they lose, it may not be much pain, and if they play like the Reds did this afternoon, it certainly will not will be pain that I will not have to endure. Well, as we've done in each of the previous three seasons, Mark, we are now moving into from the ridiculous to the sublime where we try to tell everybody what we think is going to happen with the Major League Baseball season, you have been more correct than I have been in the past. Last year, I had Toronto going to the World Series, and they finished in last place. A couple of years ago, you had Boston going to the World Series, and they didn't. But this year, we've got a chance to redeem ourselves, my friend. All right, Dave. Given that kind of tepid introduction to my predictions, let me remind you, my friend, that the last three years, I accurately predicted the finish for the Cincinnati Reds, which is why I am paid the big bucks. So uh, That's true. Okay. So that's why you, you gave me this million-dollar contract, because my responsibility is the Reds. So if I were to fail in picking the World Series championship, I think my contract is still valid, if you get my point. I, I understand that. Yes I, yes, I do. Let's start out, Mark in the National League, and let's go to the Eastern Division, and let's find out who you think will will win one through five in that National League East. i got Washington. I've got Atlanta. I've got Philadelphia. I've got New York. And I've got Miami. Wow. I cannot believe it, but you and I are identical on every spot in the division. You know, I gotta, I've got to say this about the Nationals, though, Mark. The the one thing that I'm I'm curious about with the Nationals is they are coming off a lackadaisical manager in Davey Johnson. Not so much very lackadaisical, but he just let the players do what they needed to do. And now Matt Williams is going to turn that entire organization on its ear, and he has got a strict structure that he is going to deal with. And that team could grasp that and move forward, or they could rebel against that and go backwards. But even if they go either way, Mark, I think they've got enough to win that division because Atlanta's pitching is just destroyed right now. Yes, I think you're right about Matt Williams, but this team with the pitching they have and the hitting they have, this team could win 105 games this year. and That's that's not an exaggeration. They've got so much talent, it's going to be hard for them not to win by 8 or 10 games in that division because outside of Atlanta... If they were healthy, I think they'd be a good a good competitor. But the rest of that league, uh, Philadelphia, New York, and Miami, they're, they're not going anywhere. But Washington is just an outstanding club, and uh, they should have won it last year. In fact, they should have won it the year before, and they did not. But I think this is their year. Well, also joining us here tonight to give us his predictions, the owner of UltimateSportsTalk.com, Greg Mitchell. Greg, thanks for joining us tonight. We're starting out in the National League East. Tell us. Who you think 
will win the division one through five in the National League East? Uh, well, you've got to go with the Nationals. I totally agree with everything that you guys uh, just mentioned. I just hope that they don't go into a, a whole another third year straight innings count. Uh, are we going to close them down or are we going to keep them going? Uh, that conversation is old. I hope they don't uh, don't run into that again. But uh, I, I think after that, uh, I've got to go with the Braves, even though they're uh, they're hurting a little bit. I think they're going to be the team to to compete uh, still down the stretch. Uh, then I've got Philadelphia. Um, and then I don't know. I think it's a crapshoot for who's who's going to come in last. <laughs> but uh, I think that that pretty well gives my predictions on the East. Well, so we we're all agreed. agreed. All agreed here. Yeah, Washington, okay. Atlanta, Philadelphia, the Mets, and Miami. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the National League West, guys, and I'll go ahead and give my predictions first. I've I've got to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think they're the cream of the crop out there, but my number two team in that division might surprise you. I think it's the San Diego Padres. I think the Padres are ready to, to break through. They had a great second half last year, and I think they're ready to break through this year. Then I've got Arizona, San Francisco, and Colorado coming up last in that National League West. Greg, what do you think? Um, I like, uh, you know, I like the, the Dodgers, number one. Uh, I think that that's definitely the team to beat. Uh, but I like the Giants. Uh, next, I, I think they're, they're a team that always seems to have an off year, then comes right back and competes again in the, uh, in the next year. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Uh, I'll go with the Padres, Colorado, and, uh, then there, that wraps it up for, for the West. I think you've got the rest of it. <laughs> well, I, I, we agree on Los Angeles to win it, but I've got Arizona second. San Francisco third, the Padres fourth. Only be, I think the Padres are strong, uh, but they haven't they haven't proven it yet. So until they do, I have them in fourth, and then Denver uh, bringing up the rear. Okay, we're going to do the central divisions in both leagues uh, at the very end. So let's move into the American League. Let's go to the American League East, which I think I thought, guys, this was the hardest division. To pick, Greg, we're going to let you lead this one off in the American League East. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think it's definitely the league in uh, in the American League, uh, if not all of baseball. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to say that Boston's going to win out, um, followed by Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Uh, Yankees uh, finishing fourth, even though they've they've made some strides. I, I'm not all that hopeful. And then Toronto wrap, uh, finishing up the, the tail end there. Mark? Um, I agree with Greg on the first three. I've got Boston, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore. But I've got Toronto fourth and the Yankees fifth. Uh, they're pitching. They just don't have the pitching uh, to compete in that division for sure. And uh, it's an aging team, and uh, I think this is their, their rebuild for the next two or three years. Wow, I'll tell you what, uh, we are totally different in this division. I'm going with Tampa Bay to win this division. I think they're going to keep David Price the entire year, and I think they're going to be a team to really reckon with. Now, I really had a tough time, though, picking between Boston and Tampa Bay. 
And I think Boston's going to finish only a game or two behind Tampa Bay in this division, but I expect the Rays to end up winning it. Then I've got New York in the third spot. Mark, I agree with you that the Yankees pitching is extremely questionable, especially in the closer role and in the starting rotation. But I started thinking about the Orioles, and when you have Ubaldo Jimenez and you've got to depend upon him, and you've got him as one of your one or two your starters, even though the Indians did that last year and it ended up panning out for him. This is the first year of a four-year deal for him, and as I think they're going to find out that he's not going to pitch to his utmost capabilities. And I've got Toronto. I'm not going to fall into that trap again. I've got Toronto finishing last in the American League East. How about yeah, the American League West, Mark? Roster, and it's hard to believe that all three of us would look at that roster and the, and the talent they have there, and we all think they're going to finish either fourth or fifth with all the money they have invested in that team. It's really remarkable that mm-hmm. teams, those kind of rosters and the kind of money they spend, no one thinks they're going to compete. It's amazing. Why don't you lead off with the American League West, Mark? I've got uh, Texas and Oakland. I think it's going to be a close race. But I've got Seattle third. I think that young pitching staff could be could be very formidable. And i got the Angels Again, look at that roster. How could you look at that roster and, and pick them fourth? Well, because they have no pitching. And then Houston fifth. Greg, how about you? Uh, I've got uh, I've got the A's finishing first, uh, followed by Texas, Seattle, the Angels, and Houston rallying at the end. Well, this is another interesting division. I think the only one that we really agree upon is Houston. They're going to finish last. I've got Texas. I agree with Mark. I think they're going to win the division. Oakland, I've got them for second. And I've got the Angels third because I just don't think Seattle has the team. Not only do they not have the hitting to surround Cano with, guys, but I also don't think that they've got enough pitching to go into the season behind King Felix to expect that they can they can beat out the Angels. Now, do I think the Angels are going to be a very good team? No. But I don't think Seattle's going to be that great a team either. Well, they better be. That, that, that payroll of that team, the thing I like about that team is the potential of that pitching staff. They, they've got some tremendous arms there. And uh, that, that's where either that team is going to win this year or they're going to win next year. When I say win, they're going to have a winning record. But they're not that far off. And the Angels, I just think, are uh, a testament to uh, misjudgment by a front office, but uh, I don't see them getting out of fourth place. Let's move into the American League Central. And, Greg, we're going to let you lead off with this one. What are your picks for the AL Central Division? Now, is this as a fan or as a uh, professional commentator? <laughs> Uh, let's go as a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, then I'm going to go with the uh, the smart choice with Detroit uh, winning the division, uh, followed by Kansas City, Cleveland, Chicago, and Minnesota. Wow. Interesting picks. Mark, go ahead. You You go ahead on this one. Detroit, Kansas City, Cleveland, Minnesota, and the White Sox. 
Mark and I are completely the same. I, I went with Detroit, although an older, wiser gentleman that has watched more baseball than I throughout my years told me he thinks that Detroit's pitching staff is not as boisterous as most people think. He thinks Joe Nathan will fall off the deep end this year being age 40, and he's not convinced that Justin Verlander has his heart into pitching this year. And Max Scherzer, i got to tell you guys, i got to wonder what is going through his head turning down the, the most lucrative contract in baseball history as a pitcher after only one really stupendous season as a starter. Nonetheless, I've got to go with Detroit to win that division. Kansas City, you know, every year, guys, Kansas City gets picked to finish at the top of this division, and they never do. Some year, they have got to be able to do it, and I think this is going to be the year. And I only think they're going to beat out Cleveland simply because of the fact that the Indians' front office didn't do what they needed to do in order to get what they had to, a power hitter and another starting pitcher. So, Mark, you and I agree, and Greg, you're you're really not far off the far off base there with the White Sox and Minnesota down at the bottom. Let's look at the National League Central now. I'm going to lead this one off and let let Mark clean it up. I'm going with Pittsburgh to win the division this year, and I'm going to go with St. Louis number two, Cincinnati three, Milwaukee four, and the Cubs five. Although I think the Cubs might be able to beat out Milwaukee. I'm not as big a fan of the Milwaukee Brewers as a lot of other people are. Greg, what are your thoughts? Uh, I've got to go with the Cardinals uh, to to win the division, followed by Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, and Chicago. Greg made a comment a few minutes ago. He said, do you want me to make a prediction based on my being a fan or being a, a commentator? And uh, my prediction here is based on a commentator um, because I think the, the Cardinals are by far the best team in that division. I see Pittsburgh being better than people think they are, finishing second. I do like Milwaukee better than you do, Greg. I see Cincinnati fourth and, and Chicago uh, fifth. You know, when I was looking at these two divisions, guys, and I, I know you two will remember this, I go back to the movie Rocky Three when they ask uh, uh, Clubber Lang, what is your prediction? And he said, pain. And I think, Mark, we're going to go through pain this year with the Indians and the Reds. I've just got one of those feelings. Last year was a lot of fun. This year I just have a feeling it's going to be painful. You know, Dave, you're right, and that was well said. But the Reds fans have suffered a lot of pain over the last few years. And uh, when Rodney was on here, he made some comment about the window closing for the Reds. Every team goes through ups and downs and so on uh, from year to year to year, but they do have that window of opportunity where they have the stuff to win. they got the talent to win. they got the right chemistry. Everything is going in their direction. And if they don't win, it can be decades like the Pirates. They didn't win certain years. They should have won. And it can go it can go bad in a hurry. And I, I think the Reds and the Indians, to some extent, 
face the potential if they don't win this year, and I mean win it all, I mean win the World Series, uh, these teams could be falling off and headed on the down slope where the Reds had a chance to win in 10, 11, 12, and 13, and they didn't. And here in 14, that window may be closing for them. Guys, before we go into our picks for the wild cards in the World Series, I've got some questions here I'm going to pose to you about the 2014 season, and I'd like to get your opinions as to what you think will happen here. Greg, who do you think the first manager will be to be fired this season? Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I thought wonder, this one was. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I I was just going to say I thought this one was fairly simple. At least I did when I thought up this question. And and Mark, maybe you can agree or disagree, but I I think John Gibbons is on a short leash in Toronto. Well, again, it goes back to that payroll and that window of opportunity that they had starting three years ago. This team was supposed to win, and it didn't. And either, but what is so frustrating is when you look at Dusty Baker, and you alluded to it in your in your question to Rodney. Is it really Dusty Baker's fault that they had Ryan Ludwig, you know, in, in left field for the last three years uh, when he can't hit? and they did not go out and replace players after they won in 2010. They did nothing to improve, and they, they didn't win in 11. So why isn't it the the general manager taking the heat for these guys rather than the field managers? The field managers can only do so much. And I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of what Jockety has done with this team. I mean, he, he's made some moves. He spent some money. But that's not evaluating talent and making the team better. In many cases, it, it, it made it weaker. But you want to talk about a team that's, that hasn't won that should have. I mean, Mike Sosa, is, for the last few years, has been reportedly on a short leash. But for some reason, he continues to be the manager there in, in Los Angeles. So I wonder uh, what it'll take for that to happen, especially with uh, with the signing or the, the extension of Mike Trout. Uh, this team's committed to winning, and I don't see, I think we have all agreed, that's probably not going to happen this year. You know, Greg, that was my actually my pick uh, back when your dad was going to ask me that question. Uh, it was going to be Mike Sosha. At some point, you, you've got to say, okay, we've given you two hundred and what twenty five million dollars in salaries, and, you, and you're not winning, big guy. It's time to go. Exactly. Yep. You know what I what I find amazing? This contract that Mike Trout just signed, six years. Uh, what was it? Two hundred and forty-four million dollars, guys. And by the time this contract runs out, he'll only be twenty-eight years old. Yeah, then I, I find that utterly really amazing. And he'll probably find an even bigger contract to go play for the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hope not. <laughs> okay, let me let me throw another let me throw you another question out. Who is going to be the most surprising team this year in the 2014 season? Mark? I don't see a surprise team. If you're talking about a team 
coming out of the woodwork and winning it all. Uh, I, I think Milwaukee, because no one is predicting them to do much of anything, I think they could compete in the Central. I do. So if you're looking at, I don't think they're going to win the Central. I think St. Louis is going to win it. But they could finish as high as second, which would be a big surprise. I don't see anybody the East surprising. Um, you know, San Diego, your selection, I think, for number two in the West, that would be a surprise, and I think they have a chance to do that. How about you, Greg? You know, I, I think I've got to go with uh, with Arizona because for me, I, I just I don't see how uh, how anybody and you know maybe Mark you can uh, elaborate on this a little bit. I don't see the talent there uh, to be able to to come at the top of that division. Um, not not to win the division, but even to come in the top two or three, I, I just don't see them being able to, to pull that out. Um, so that for me would be a surprise if they would if they would come out and do that. Uh, I just uh, for me, I just don't see that. Well, I agree that they don't have the name recognition on that roster. That, uh, but but they have they have a deep roster. They have good pitching, and they, if they can get some offense, that I think that team can compete. But again, the, the assumption is the Dodgers are going to win that division by 15 games, or they should. And if we're talking about a manager on the hot seat, imagine if the Dodgers don't win. Mattingly, who almost got fired last year, if they don't win, he is gone by, you know, if, if they get off to a bad start again, he, he'll be gone by June. And his replacement will be Mike Sosha. Yep, you're right. He won't have to sell his house and will stay right in L.A. I, I was just ready to say that. <laughs> hey, let's go into our wild card picks now. Let's go back to our predictions. Greg, who are your picks for the two National League wild card teams? Uh, for me, it's got to be Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Mark, how about you? I say Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Now, that's an interesting pick with Atlanta, especially the way they're pitching is right now. Why would you take Atlanta? Because that is the kind of organization, like the Cardinals, they will go out and find somebody. And that they got good depth in that rotation. So I think they're going to go out and find what they need, and they will compete. And they may not win the division. In fact, I don't think they will. But I think that they're going to be able to beat out everybody else. Look look at the remaining. They're certainly better than anybody else in the East. They're better than anybody else in the West, in my opinion. And who's better than them in the Central except Pittsburgh? So I don't think Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and Chicago is better than Atlanta. So by, you know, just elimination, I think they're the team that could win 88 to 89 games and get that wild card. Well, since I picked uh, Pittsburgh to win the division. I'm going with St. Louis to be one wild card, and I'm going to go with the Reds to be the second wild card, only because, Mark, I think Atlanta's pitching is is completely depleted. Mark, what do you see for the American League wild card teams? Uh, that's a tougher call, because frankly, there's a lot of good teams that, that could, could win, but uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay and Baltimore in the same I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay and Oakland. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, have the the closest races. I think Tampa, Tampa Bay, and Boston are going to be tight, and Texas and Oakland. So uh, I don't see any team in the Central winning the requisite games to, 
you know, to qualify for a wild card, but I think Oakland could. Greg, what about you? Well, since I've got Oakland winning uh, the division, I'm going to go with the, the Rangers uh, as my, one of my wild card teams, and then I've got to go with Tampa Bay uh, in the out of the East. I, you know, I think the East is is um, you know they could potentially have both teams, uh, both both wild card teams coming out of the East. Uh, however, I think the the competition is going to be so strong in that division. That it's going to be difficult for that to happen. So that's the reason why I go with the uh, with the Rangers. But to go back to uh, to Mark's point, and and Dave, you and I have talked about this in the past. Uh, I, I think the Indians made a critical error with uh, with not signing Masterson to a long term contract. And I mm. I think the reason why, if I had to guess, was that if they come to the middle of this year and they really need to move some parts around. A team like Atlanta might be able to see someone like a Masterson as a potential fit to give them that one extra piece that they need. Um, so I, I think that it, I would not be surprised whatsoever if Atlanta does do something like that uh, to, to really get that wild card spot. So I think Mark's right on the ball with that. Boy, that's an interesting thought. I, I had not even put uh, Atlanta in the running for Masterson if that if that did happen. My pick for the American League wildcard guys, I think I kind of gave it away earlier when I said I thought Boston and Tampa Bay would go right down to the end and Boston would only finish a game or two behind. I've got Boston winning one of the wild cards and I've got Oakland winning the other wild card. And I'm going to go ahead and give out my World Series picks. I've got the Dodgers playing Tampa Bay in the World Series and I've got the Dodgers winning the World Series, in my opinion, four games to two over Tampa Bay. Greg, what what are your picks? So, uh, you know, here, unfortunately, I've got to go with uh, with my fan uh, side since I already <laughs> went with uh, my commentator side earlier. I want the, I'd like Oakland to win out of the, uh, the American League and then the Dodgers to win out of uh, – out of the National League, and I, I've got to go with the the, um, the Dodgers. I'd say uh, probably four to two uh, again, uh, just like you just picked with Dodgers and A's. Mark, well, you guys are going to like my pick. I got Washington winning in the National League and beating Detroit four games to one in the World Series. Now that that's an interesting pick. That's totally. Did, isn't that who you picked last year? Uh, I picked Washington, yeah, to win the World Series. Okay. Yep. See, the only the only problem I've got, guys, with the Dodgers is if Kershaw's out for any length of time. And I would love to ask somebody the question, did this injury to Kershaw have anything to do with the flight to Australia? Yeah, that, that's, that's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I would really love to uh, ask that question. any What do you think, guys? Are there going to be any other surprises during this baseball season? I mean, we've we've all got different people that are winning the, uh, you know, Greg and I are going with the Dodgers. Mark, you're going with Washington. It's going to be a very interesting season as we get this thing started. Is there anything that we should look out for this year? Uh, I don't get anything to look out for. I think baseball is getting more sophisticated. I, I did like the, the instant uh, replay uh, that I saw the first uh, two or three games, 
I think it's going to make the game, uh, it's going to change the dynamic of the game, but I think it's in a good way. And you're not going to have like a guy losing a perfect game like they did three years ago because an umpire blew a play, which really pisses everybody off in baseball. So I like that move. And, uh, so I, I think uh, baseball is, you know, in, in the right track in, in many ways. One one word For answer, me. guys, as we end the night show. One what? Greg, did you want to add something? Uh, well, yeah, my uh, my surprise, it's not a team, but I would say uh, the biggest surprise for me and a story to keep in mind throughout the course of the season is uh, Grady Sizemore. Uh, I think he's he's probably, uh, if I had to predict, I would say he's probably going to get an all-star um, slot this year and then, um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, become comeback player of the year. Uh, so I, I think that's... It, that's probably the biggest surprise that I would uh, that I would say could happen this season. And the Indians signed David Murphy rather than Grady Sizemore. Although you know, really, guys, I can't I can't blame the Indians for that. It was a long shot that Grady is going to be able to come back and play the entire season. What were one yeah. word answers from each of you? Will there be a no hitter this year? There will be five. Yes, yes there'll be five or six. Whoa. All right. Hey, that's going to do it for our prediction show. What are the what are the Reds got coming up this week, Mark? Well, before I get into the scheduling, I do have to give a shout-out to Linda Jordan, Stratford on Avon in England, uh, one of our fans who has been emailing me about her love for the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, better luck tomorrow or better luck on Wednesday, Linda. Um, in terms of the Reds' schedule, uh, they've got the Cardinals coming up uh, on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday and Thursday. They got the Cubs over the weekend, and then they go to St. Louis next week. Could be a long, long April. Well, and before I let Greg go, I just want to let both Mark and Greg know that should this dispute with Dish Network and the Sports Time Ohio go on any very long, either one of you could have a roommate coming up by the end of this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the county jail will take care of you, David. <laughs> <laughs> do they do, be my luck? They have dish. <laughs> All right, Mark, you've been a trooper. Thanks, thanks for hanging in there as long as you did. Greg, thanks for joining us here tonight. Really appreciate it on the prediction show. Absolutely, anytime. Good job, Greg. Yep. Mark, we'll talk to you again next Friday night, or next Monday night, I guess I should say. Next Monday night, and we'll, the first week of the season will be over. All right, Dave. Have a good one. All right, you too. And don't forget to join us on Thursday night with the Ultimate Sports Talk Show at 7 o'clock here at Ultimate Sports Talk. We'll be talking WrestleMania on that show. We'll preview each and every match coming up Thursday night. But make sure you join us again next Monday night when we talk again about the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. Our thanks to... Rodney Newpole of stlouissports.com for being our guest here tonight, and also to Greg Mitchell for joining us here in our our predictions. For Mark Donahue, I'm Dave Mitchell. Our thanks to you, too, for listening. Until next Monday night at 9 o'clock, good night, everybody.